Iowa everywhere. It's time for Miller and Williams on Iowa Everywhere. Presented by Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. This is Iowa Everywhere. What's going on, guys? Happy Friday, and welcome to Miller and Williams here on Iowa Everywhere. My name is Chris Williams, joined as always by the legendary iconic john miller <laughs> and i'm he not is, old uh, enough to be legendary and i'm not good enough frankly well, you're like my wife i try and give you a compliment you do you like, know what god dang it you're right my wife's the same way i hate that thank you chris it's really kind of you i appreciate pisses me that. off uh, you're far too kind thank you yeah i appreciate that happy yeah. friday morning we did uh we did flip on the old live button today if you want to comment and give us uh uh, any, I guess, comments. We we actually don't want any suggestions. That's what I was going to say. Don't we don't need well, those from you. Uh, we may we probably won't act on any suggestions, but you know, <laughs> those suggestions might be co- comedic relief. So who knows? Might I suggest you head out to our friends at Prairie Meadows this weekend? Uh, place a few bets. We've got some wonderful restaurants out there at Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Your favorite place to play. Went, I went a few octaves lower yeah, there. You did. The uh, We have a lot to get to today. I don't want to spend that much time on Iowa-Purdue because that was exactly what we all thought it would what be. It, so to, here, here's the Iowa-Purdue breakdown. Two days ago, you said, hey, John, do you want to – can we podcast <laughs> on Friday – and we can that way we can talk about Iowa Purdue and some other things. I said we could do our Iowa Purdue breakdown right now before the game even begins. They get killed next. I did not make my way to Wagerland in Kansas yesterday, uh, although I knew I should have, or I wish I would have, uh, to get down about two fifty on Purdue plus seven and a half. I'm like, you know what? Just don't. You know, you don't you don't need to wager on every game. So I didn't. <clears throat> but that was free money. I did. <laughs> yeah. Free money. Yeah. That's, your, that's, a, that's the Iowa Purdue breakdown. Uh frankly, you know, but but really and truly, you know, there's a, a few analytics people I follow and, and the shot analytics of that game, it you know, could have been a, a two to four point game, actually. Um Iowa had some bad luck and they fought hard in the second half, but then again, they also, you know, were making seventy percent of their shots through about three quarters of that second half. So Purdue, Purdue is a seven to 10 points better team than Iowa. They just are. They're the number one team in the nation. There's no fault in that. I don't know. I agree. I mean, obviously Trace Trace Jackson Davis got his, it's going to take that because one of the commenters said during the game, Edie's a one man zone, even when they're playing man to man defense, you need a Luca Garza, so you can draw Edie out to the three-point line, get him out of the zone, get him out of the paint when they're playing like their their man-to-man zone. That's that's that get Edie out of the the paint, then slash and cut other people. That's a good way to beat him. But otherwise, they're pretty good. Pretty good. He's a go. generational college basketball player. Edie? Yeah. I mean, he's he's like getting close to putting up Luca Garza numbers. Yeah, he's he's that good. I mean, I every time I watch him, I want to come away being like, "Oh, he's just tall." Mm-hmm. 
and be underwhelmed. Like I want to tell myself that, but then he impresses me more every time. The minutes per game increase is really impressive to me. I mean, you got a seven foot four person. Um, traditionally, those folks uh, of that height um, they labor and they lumber. He he does not labor or lumber. Um, Ralph Sam, you're too young to remember Ralph Sampson. If you could have watched him, he'd have been one of your favorites ever. Uh, but in college, Ralph Sampson, the seven feet four, uh, ran the floor like a guard, and he did not ever get tired. Um, Edie, you know, Edie's playing thirty plus minutes, and uh, when you say generational talent, um, did you say the same thing about Luca? No. You must. You missed my comment earlier when I said uh, he's almost putting up Luca Garza numbers, right? Yeah, I'm just. But the EDs because of the size and gotcha. matchups that it, it's just impossible to match up. Like Luca was great, and he was a phenomenal basketball player, and he was the best player in the country for two years. Best offensive, best offensive center in Big Ten history. Now but, maybe we debate that after this year, but. When you're seven foot four, or he's even listed at seven five, I think in some spots. I'm sure he's not, but you, you can't hit the three it, though, dude. Sorry. I'm just messing. Around. Man, I'm sorry. I kept. I carried this on too. I'm not doing this to you. I was just pretending to be Tavern Hawk. Oh, uh, I you, well, I thought you actually believed it, so I was. I was trying to not be insulting to you. No, I pre- no, I appreciate it. Um, Edie Lucas was a center. Edie's a center. It's just different. Um, when you're a, seven four, it's different. Like it, he's more he's more in the traditional role. It reminds me of watching Randy Brewer from back in the late seventies, early eighties when he was at Minnesota. Um, it's just and being fascinated as a kid with the big guys. I mean, I would like look pull out the Press Citizen or the Gazette and read and see look, and I'd look at the lineup roster for the other team. Then I'm like ten or eleven years old. I'm like, oh my gosh, Dad, they got a seven footer. I mean. I was just blown away. He's seven four. He can run, so he's a lot of fun to watch. And um, yeah, Purdue's a really, really good team. Be interesting too in today's day and age. He won't go first round. What? He won't go first round. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I, like, because that's like your surefire number one pick fifteen years ago, uh, thirty years ago, fifteen years ago, twenty forever yeah. ago. This is the only era where it's not, and this is the era where maybe they're right. I don't know. Um, but I'll, I'll be, I, I think he'll make a team and uh, it'll be interesting to see. Just go in and play 10 minutes a game in the NBA. Go, go in for a shift and get me six points and three boards. Don't give up any offensive putbacks. Yeah. block a couple shots value. He'd be perfect on like a, you know, one of those top end NBA teams that, they're like a piece away from the championship or like, right. like the, you look at like the Mavs now that they got Kyrie or like, you know, he'd be on one of those teams. He would be a perfect guy. Yeah. But. Yeah. I agree. I think he'll make it. He just probably won't go in the first round. Wild. I, okay. So you're in Kansas city. We got the super bowl coming up. I wanted to touch on that. I really want to because it's just our wheelhouse and it's what we love to talk about, all this Pac-12, Big 12 drama. Uh, It's not really Big 12 drama anymore, the Big 12. But then they made news last night where they let Texas and Oklahoma out of their contract a year earlier. There is going to be a $100 million penalty that will be paid. It's really interesting, John, if you've been reading about this, that Fox has really been what's, what's in the middle of all this. 
because Fox owns the Big 12 through 2025, the the, the current Big 12, right, that includes Texas and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And those are the biggest television draws. So Fox is like, well, why would we just let them out and give these prized television possessions to ESPN for right. a year, scot-free? Right. That doesn't make any sense. They also have – there's a non-conference date between Texas and Michigan, which could be one of the highest-rated regular season games in history. So Fox is very protective over that. It's been It's been fascinating – uh, to watch this kind of play out behind the scenes. So they're getting out a year early, and now we have reporting of the Pac-12. Well, it's not – we we know what happened. We saw the Pac-12 commissioner at an SMU basketball game this week reporting on that. And I think, you know, I think the Pac-12 is in some real trouble here, especially now that I, – I don't think that it's – a coincidence that all of a sudden this Big 12 thing got done right after the Pac-12 expansion stuff started to surface. I, I think that there's a lot going on that meshes together here. So ask ask yourself this question. Put put yourself in the position that you're the president of uh, Washington, Oregon, Utah, Colorado to some extent, okay? Maybe Arizona. The, you're, you're the president of that university or any one of them. And you see your conference commissioner at a meeting and he's like, guys, I got some really exciting news. This is going to be great. Uh, you may want to sit down. Uh, sure. You know, have a little bit of your coffee, eat your baguette. Here we go. I'm going to go pitch and try to get San Diego and SMU to join the league. And I'm certain they're not going to say no. So we are solidifying things. I mean, that's a fart in church. As far as I'm concerned, how, how does that? We just lose USC and UCLA. We're the historic conference of champions. We have a great and rich history, and you're going to pitch SMU, parochial school, and San Diego. I'm sorry, it doesn't move the needle. It won't for television purposes. It won't. The Pac-12. Honestly, without USC and UCLA, does the Pac-12 get a better deal than the ACC has till 2035? I doubt it. No, they don't. I, I don't watch there's Pac-12. no competition. Yeah. Fox I don't watch I mean, Listen, I'm a future Pac-12 time zone watcher. It's just not going to be for a minute. I don't stay up to watch. the. I, I don't really have any connection or interest, at least with the Big 12. I mean, I live in the heart of what was former Big Eight country, Kansas City. There's big, there's Big Twelve talk all around me. I'm going to the Big Twelve tournament, and you know, I was just talking with a uh, a customer, not a customer, but a client of ours, or someone what we do business with. You know, I'm going to go hang out with them, P66, down at the uh, at the tournament with their with their giddy up again. The Big Twelve is like is my cousin. All right, the Big Ten is like is like super close family, mom, dad, brother, sister. That's a big 10 for me. But the big 12 is my cousin. You know, they're still in the same family. I see him at all the family gatherings. And, you know, crazy Uncle Larry lives right down the road from me. Um, So the Pac-12 is nothing to me. I can't imagine that those Pac-12 people are excited. And frankly, I think the big 12 is going to be the beneficiary. And I do think the big, 
Big 12 may may get the cream of the cream of what they want from what is the Pac-12 uh, and their carcass. Let's talk about your immediate family being the Big 10, to use your analogy. Yes. So Warren is out. You guys are shopping around for a commissioner. I'm assuming the ACC guy, Phillips, is going to be the one who gets that job, whatever. That Do you think – what's the temperature of heading west to get some traveling partners now? Because so it seemed I, like that was a Warren thing for sure to add a couple more. Do, it, But it also feels like that's cooled off a little bit. Well, if, if it w- – I think that Warren has had conversations and probably significant level conversations with Oregon and Washington and potentially even um, Stanford and Cal. So those conversations probably have a, uh, you know, an ellipse to the end of them, dot, 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 to be determined. And I also think that Warren is still um, involved at some level, maybe it's just introductions and things like that. I think Warren, and, and I think that's public knowledge, actually. I think Warren can carry some water for the Big Ten um, if, if this pops up. Like, hey, you know, we need your advice, blah, blah, blah. So I, I think it's probably not going to be too hard. If those conversations with those four institutions, or certainly at least Oregon and Washington, if those conversations had meat and merit, and it was just like, you know what? Now's not the right time. You know, I, I can't get all the, I can't get all the big 10 presidents ready to do this right now. Now's not the right time. Give me a little bit of time. Give me a year or two and we'll, and we'll get this done, which who knows could have happened. I think if, I think if, I think if those PAC 12 institutions that the big 10 was really sidling up with and really getting to know and performed a good chunk of due diligence on, which I believe all those things happened. If those programs really do want to come to the Big Ten, I think it can happen really quickly because hmm. I think a great deal of the groundwork has already been laid. Introductions do but not do you, have to be made. Do you think like Ohio State and Michigan and like they'd all sign off on that? Do they want to expand more? That's well, my a good, biggest question. That's a really good question. Um, I, I can't know the answer to that. All I can do is look at this from a fan's perspective. I would prefer, I would have preferred they never had UCLA or USC. Um, they, they're, they're you know historically great schools and programs and all this and that. And I get the TV aspects and getting out to the another time zone in the LA market and all that. But um, I just it it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. It, it had hasn't it doesn't still and I don't know that it will. Um, I would wish the Big Ten would have, you know, expanded maybe like a, a North Carolina, um, you know, that type, you know, those type of expansions. Um, maybe rating well, the right now. That's rating the grant of rights. Rating the ACC, but you're right. That's true. They can't. They're locked out of that. Give so, it until 2036. Right. So I don't know. I mean, let me let me add this as a Big Twelve fan that. You know, this talk of, oh, we're going to add the four corner schools or whatever. I'm having a real hard time, John, with like a mix of emotions because it's nice as a Big 12 fan to not be in a position of weakness for once. Right. There's some relative strength here. 
having said that, I'm already missing the round robin, the double round robin in basketball mm-hmm. that we currently have. And like, I'm a huge proponent of bigger is not better. Mm-hmm. Watching Iowa, you know, and it's just like, like, oh, you guys get your shitty schedule next year. And then hopefully you get the good one in a couple of years or like, right? You know, like I, I really, really detest the huge like, oh, we need sixteen teams in a league thing. I, but I, but it's also like then I have to tell myself, well, you could be on the other end of this, bro. You know, and, and you know what that feels like. You know what yeah, the other end feels like for fifteen years. Right? Yeah, the, the threat of Conference USA or MAC. You know, correct. The, th- the threat of relegation, honestly, is what it is. Yeah, but now you're on the other side of it. Somehow Rasputin has made the Big 12 solid. Their position solid. The deal they did was great. There's room for growth. I understand exactly what you're saying. And um, and you're right. It's better to be where you're at right now. And expansion's going to happen. Um, getting into that fourth time zone is going to happen. I understand it, I think, from a business perspective. And I do think that the Big 12, if you, if the, if honestly, if the Big 12 could add Washington, Oregon, and a bag of baseballs for two other teams, fantastic, solid, future is solid. And honestly, you know, that, that's the price that you're going to have to pay for a solid future is to invite, I get it, is to invite like Uncle Larry's uh, cousins on the other side of the family. To the party the folks here who are screwed are like our friends in pullman and corvallis because if i'm espn here i'm actually pushing because you're already in bed with the big 12 now right and you don't need the the scraps, I guess I'll put it from the Pac-12, and I, I want to watch my wording because I've been on that. End you've been, of, you've been scrappy. You've yeah, been on the island of misfit not, toys. Not fun. And in my perfect world, nobody gets left out. Like it, with the more teams, the better. The best I've ever heard it is Dan Wetzel once wrote it. College football is like a symphony, and if you take the, if you take the, um, if you take any section out, it's not the same. We need a healthy. Pac-12. We need a healthy Mountain West. We need a healthy Sun Belt, like because the Tuesday night Sun Belt games are what makes the symphony great. That's again, that's from Dan Watson, not me. I'm not right. trying to steal his. Um. So, but like again, like from a pure business standpoint, if I'm ESPN, why would I pay for this current Pac-12 when really all I want is five or six of those products? Right. Ship right. them off to the Big Twelve, which you already right. have a relationship with, and now I don't have to pay. Washington State and Oregon State, who I really don't have any interest in. I can keep Phoenix. I can keep Nike and Phil Knight. I can keep Washington. Right. And I'm boosting up one of my other properties, which is the Big 12 Conference. Mm hmm. It's just, I think that's the way this will ultimately go. I don't know how we get there, but, and I don't even know. Like, I think that it's just as good of a possibility that. Stanford and those teams could end up in the Big Ten. I think that's right. very, very but possible. So, but, but some of them are going to end up in the Big 12. I, um, yeah, I mean, I, to me, like, Arizona is a perfect fit for the Big 12, a school like that, right? Like, 
I don't. I don't even know if like Stanford and Cal. Like I don't think that would fit. I think I look think at the look, look at the Pac-12 programs that are non-AAU programs, and I think that that if the Big Ten wants to expand and it comes again and gets AAU members, Washington, Oregon, Utah, Stanford, Cal, Colorado, those are all AAU member schools. I'm not saying the Big Ten is going to go for six, but. Um, one of the Arizona schools also is, but I, you know, your symphony, the, you know, Dan Wetzel's symphony thing. You're right. If, if you just swoop in and take, take one section of an orchestra out, it's going to sound funky. But if you give the, if you give the composer a day, he's going to rewrite it and make it sound phenomenal with fewer players. And I think that the reality is you talked about Tuesday night football. Um, that makes the, that makes the symphony complete. I've never watched a Tuesday night football game. I don't know that I have any. Just reason. wait until you're in a state where you can just gamble. Other than gambling, couch. other than gambling reasons, I don't know that I ever will. I won't. I probably I do. Oh, the Max on. I'm watching. Don't. Oh wait, it's a Thursday, and we've got this shitty Mountain West game or this shitty NFL game that they've buried on Amazon. I'm watching the college game. Well, I watch. I watch the NFL. Don't get, I mean, I've turned, it's just funny how my, my fandom has just absolutely changed. But, um, so what, what, what about the Island of Misfit toys real quick? Cause I know there's not a lot of people here wanting to wait, sitting with wait, uh, bated breath on our opinions on Oregon state and where they're going to land. But like, think of all those misfits. Can those it's misfits band together with some, with the mountain West and actually create something compelling? Yeah. Would I it guess. be better than a, than a Mac? Or CUSA? I mean, my Tuesday night example, though, I could see this going back the other way, that whatever you're talking about, that's when they're going to be playing. If these are all just simply television properties going forward and nothing more, mm -hmm. which is essentially what we're talking about, right? there's more value for those conferences on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday nights than there is on Saturday. So, you know, sorry. Hi, my name is John. First time, long time um, caller of the show. Let me ask you something, Chris. Um, is the Big 12 going to get Gonzaga for basketball? It's really interesting. They So I think this new commissioner, I don't think he – listen, he used to have an office next to Jay-Z with the Nets. Yeah, the McMahon guy that you got. Yeah. <laughs> He's a basketball guy. I think that his vision is to create is to add on. So if you look at the new schools coming in, Central Florida is the only non-basketball like program. BYU's right. good, Cincinnati's good, Houston's in the top five. So like your basketball is really going to get better, even taking away Texas and Oklahoma. It's a net win. Oh, for sure, it's a net win. I mean, it's it's incredible. It is a phenomenal. I mean. It's the best basketball league in the sport, and they're about to get better. So, so from like, what like, I understand, your Mark's looking at it like if I can add Gonzaga and then add maybe I, – I, I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there like a Big East school. Let's say you can get Villanova. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing out names. But I think he's looking at this like we can really build brand recognition and revenue through basketball. Basketball's a – Believe it or not, a growing sport in popularity with young people in this country, thanks to the NBA. The you want to you want to see a price war? Wait until the NBA package is 
up for bidding. When Amazon gets involved, when Apple, that's going to be absolutely insane what that package costs Mm -hmm. compared to 20 years ago. So when I got, when I got into propane in 1996, the owner of the company was like, you know, John propane's kind of the, uh, you know, the low, the low end of the fractionation stream of the hydrocarbon fractionation process. It's similar to, uh, an elephant eating a lot of peanuts and some peanuts not making it to the elephant's mouth and landing on the ground. He's like, we're the guys that pick up those peanuts. And, Sounds luxurious. And, but after a while, that's a pretty big pile of peanuts that just fell out of the elephant's mouth, you know? Yeah. And it's true. It's so true. The, the Big 12 is the elephant that fell? Uh, the Big 12 is the mouse that has been hoarding and stacking we're the propane guys those peanuts you are congratulations (laughs) we're the Um, hank hill yeah and you know what in two weeks you can fly out to napa california with me and we can go (laughs) look at two uh propane rail terminal sites that we're going to build so i'm just saying you can stack a lot of peanuts yeah don't make it to the elephant's mouth your mark is building something in plain sight but sort of is going to sneak up on everybody like, whoa, hey, what the hell did the Big 12 do? Didn't these guys die? I could have swore I read their obituary a dozen times. But yeah. no, here they are. Big 12's back, back again. I mean, here they are, <laughs> better than ever. That's what you, dude, I see the well, smile on your face. You can't believe your current turn of fortune as a no, Big it's 12 cr- fan. It's crazy, and I think there's some power, too, in... It, to steal your phrase, the island of misfit toys, where everybody's just on the same page. You really don't have an alpha dog here. Like in your world, yeah, I know, the Big Ten, everybody, we always vote unanimous, yada, yada, yada. No, if Michigan and Mich- if Michigan and Ohio, Ohio State, State wants something, yeah. right? Like, what, sure. let's, let's call a spade a spade. Yep. We're all just prison bitches. There's no alpha dog in this new Big 12. They're all just these schools that nobody else has wanted and they've been rejected forever. There's a lot of power in unity. Yeah. There's and no doubt also, about it. If, if you look at what they've compiled now, this isn't perfect, but they've got their smaller, but very passionate fan bases in the big 12. They are smaller. They're not filling hundred thousand seat stadiums but they're very active and they are very passionate. And I think that that means something going forward. You know, it, it doesn't matter if your stadium isn't 90,000 or 80,000 or even 70. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. You, your mark did the deal. The deal is the TV deal. That's the one that matters. Now, if Iowa State can, what, what's, what's Iowa State at? 65, 63, 67, I don't know. Capacity sixty-two-five, sixty-two-five, right? Which I can't believe Jamie hasn't taken it to sixty-eight just to get one more than Iowa. I mean, frankly, I'm really surprised by that. But anyway, that's it's an unbelievable environment. But the vast majority of the money that Iowa State receives does not come from season tickets, and but you know the incremental opportunities do. Um, you don't have to have that. I I really think that what the and I'm not just saying this to be kind, because um, I still enjoy being ornery at times. Um, I really think that what the Big Twelve is putting together uh, wildly entertaining, wildly entertaining. Uh, 
and is something that is going to uh, potentially have legs for a, a good long run. And that's we got a great guest right here. I love that. Yeah, Elise is home from school on Fridays, and she hangs out with Dad while I podcast. You wave at Mr. Miller. Hi, Hi. how are you? Hi. Oh my gosh, that just melts my heart. Yeah. Well, wait till you hear Cammy's podcast that we're starting. I thought I was going to be a guest. You are Cammy's corner. We got the artwork done this week. Fantastic. I've got to get the feed built. That'll happen this weekend. Fantastic. Good deal. All right, uh, let's let's move on real quick. Chiefs Super Bowl is the buzz palpable, John? Down in Kansas City. You know, I wasn't in Kansas City in their last. uh, Well. Yeah, I guess I was in the last one, but the one they won, it is palpable. Red is everywhere. Building lights are lit up, red and gold. Uh, it, you know, some giant buildings have the arrowhead outline in their windows. It's everywhere. Uh, the Chiefs, this town is Chiefs 247 365. Still loves the Royals, but the Chiefs right now are just the the dominant dominating force. And, and frankly, I have tried to avoid it as much as I can. I don't listen to talk radio. Um, I may listen to you know a uh, uh, podcast here and there, but yeah, man, it's inescapable. This town loves the Chiefs, and uh, being in the, being in the town when a Super Bowl is going on, That's when cool. that town's team is in the Super Bowl, is pretty cool. I uh, pulled up my Circa app earlier this week and bet on the Eagles. I hope I'm wrong. I'm rooting shitting, for the Chiefs. Getting right in the punch bowl, aren't you? Well, I bet. I hope the Chiefs win. I okay. I'll tell you this. I made a wager, and it would have been on Circa, except right now I, I don't have that option in Kansas. I know we're working I'll on. Just it. We'll wait talk. till you go down there with me, brother. We're talking to him we, next month in Vegas, and dude, I cannot tell you how excited I am. I'm like really. Um, I've got I've got my Vegas uh, kitty stash sitting over side. Not going to touch it. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna come in with a couple large, and we're gonna try to turn it into 10k. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. Okay. This couple large is 100% profits that the Prince of the Parlays has been stacking this month. You've been seeing the receipts, right? Yeah, you've been doing well. You've I don't share money. them all out. I'm, I probably shouldn't even share any of them. So this is this is not – this is money that I've made. So we're going to go to Vegas, and we're going to let it ride, like that wonderful 1980s movie that if you haven't seen it, you should see it. Let It Ride is the name of the movie with Richard Dreyfuss. And I'm going to consult you. Uh, I'll consult anybody that's there that's got a pulse. And we're going to go Operation 2K to 10K. Okay? That's what we're going to do. Parlays are suckers bets, John. I didn't say I was going to parlay when I'm sitting in Circa. Uh, uh, so the last time I was at Circa, I think I, I think I got – I think I placed 11 bets and got one right. Yeah, I remember calling you the last time you were at Circa brutal. and texting you. And you told me to fuck off. <laughs> well, <laughs> you were being a dick. I've, st- I've still got the text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was you, me, and Hassel on a thread. Fuck off, Miller. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seems about right. Which, you know, you're speaking for a lot of people there. Try watching that Cyhawk game, if you're me, with Chris Hassel. Oh, tell no. If you would tell I don't even know that I would have enjoyed watching it with Chris Hassel. He might it have been so obnoxious. Yeah, I you know I I need to listen to Year and Hassel's podcast uh, from this week. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on Brian Ferentz. I haven't listened to it yet. I really haven't listened to much of anything yet oh on God, it. God, I can't um, believe we haven't talked about that. Well, since you asked me about it, I'll, I'll give you a little quick thought. 
I yeah, think yeah, give it to I me. think I think that um, if if for whatever reason Brian Ferentz the Iowa doesn't meet the uh, goals that they put forward for Brian Ferentz, Kirk this will be Kirk Ferentz's last year. I'd wager um, most anything wow. on it. He's not going to fire his son, and he's not going to be there when his son's office is getting cleaned out, and he's not going to work with another offensive coordinator. Period. End of story. Don't believe that for a second. Um, I also believe that um, it just shows Gary Barta's, uh, you know position of uh, power as it relates to Kirk. Um, I, I think that most, well, for, for one thing, I don't think there's a number of ADs that wouldn't have got themselves into this situation relative to nepotism because their state laws don't allow it. Neither does Iowa's, but Iowa tried to get cute and go around it and have Gary, him report to Gary. Um, Gary's powerless. I mean, it just shows it. Um, and it's just the weirdest deal to have these type of uh, things built in, especially after the last two years worth of the last two years worth of suck to do this. It's like, wait, no, we're, we're trying super hard to keep somebody that's really not that great at their job. Hasn't distinguished themselves in any way, shape or form of uh, having a high level of performance at their job and only has their job because his last name is the same last name as a head coach. And it's his dad. That's the only reason. And these, this, this is the object lesson. Put it in the dictionary as the picture for why nepotism laws are in place. This is it. And I fully expect Iowa to surpass 25 points per game and seven wins next year. So uh, this will probably all be moot, but. And then he's going to get a raise and an extension. And, and, and justifiably so, right? I mean, uh, I, so I'm not going to repeat what I've said. Hassel and I had some fun with it. You know, all the low-hanging fruit, the, this is going to be a weekly story. The It is. The like, Ferentz meter, the points meter, it's going to yeah, change the weight. Yeah. All that stuff. My, yeah. the, the more I've kind of let this, like, simmer a little bit and, like, mm-hmm. just there's, – there's part of me – and I and I say this realizing the amount of money he's being paid to work, you know, with the nepotism and dad and all that stuff. There's the human part of me that has some sympathy right now for Brian Ferentz. He must really, 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 really want to be the offensive coordinator at Iowa, to not only keep going through what he's what he's already gone through, but to put himself and his family through what's going to happen over the next year. With this stipulate, this stupid thing that's never been done. Um, what if they get? Let's say that. I mean, they're gonna run up the score early on and whatnot. But like, what if it goes into that last game and they're averaging twenty four? Like, you know, like that. It's no, it's great, it's brutal. No, I, yeah. It, it's it'll be great for us to sit here and talk about, and it's gonna. Get, but like, it it, it is. I don't know. Like, I there's part of me that it's like, man, like, do you really want to be the offensive coordinator at Iowa this bad? That's an interesting question, Chris. I think it's one of two things. After I distill everything down, what you said, he really, really wants to be the offensive coordinator at Iowa. Number two, he can't get another job because the lawsuit is not settled. Occam's Razor believes me to believe it's two. Because Brian Ferentz would probably love to say, fuck all y'all. Mm-hmm. I'm out and not have not look back. I don't care that it's his alma mater. I don't care where it's, he graduated from high school. The amount of shit that he's taken, some of it may be justifiable, some of it not the last few years. F you. I'm yeah. out. 
I'll go make eight hundred to a thousand to a million dollars somewhere else for the rest of my life. I don't need this. I'll go where I'm anonymous. Matter of fact, it's going to be a better quality of life for my family. And you know that the Ferrets is because this is how every coach I've ever covered in my career is, and I guarantee you will say the same thing. The longer they're there, the more they look around and go, fuck you guys, look at all I've done, you don't appreciate me enough. Right. And I yeah. guarantee you the Ferrances are sitting around like, look at these people. For sure. For sure. They don't deserve, yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? So, I guarantee it. Every so, coach I've ever been around comes to that point eventually. So Unless I, they get fired. Yeah, so I do not think it's option number one. I do not think that he just really wants to be Iowa's coordinator that bad. I think it's he's human. He's not going to turn down $850,000 to do something that he does love to do, okay? But he can't get a job anywhere else right now. So I guess it's 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 either sit it out and not get paid for a year when you, you know, you're given, you know, a million dollars right now, you know, after taxes, say, say he gets 650 and say he can bank all that. That's, you know, that's a couple of years of retirement in about 20 years after all said and done. No, he's not. He's for, for him in the lifestyle from some people that's going to be retirement. I would add too that the Chris Doyle situation and how that played out in Jacksonville. That's exactly why completely screwed Brian. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the same Chris thing. Doyle was actually accomplished too. Like, right. This the is like an elite thing. strength coach. Yeah. The same type of spotlight is going to be on Brian. Yes. And, and his and track what, record on top of it. Correct. So he's not hireable at the power five level until this lawsuit is over and done. And there are some, yeah, well, let's leave it at that. So, it's, I don't think it's because he wants to be Iowa's offensive coordinator. I feel like the, I think it's because he doesn't have any other options other than the option awesome. of not being paid. Yeah, it's just there that it's got to be one of the two. You're right. And I just, I think about like, got to put yourself through it and like he's got money. Yeah. It's not going to be fun. Uh, but in their, I think in their mind, they think, oh, we're going to go out and average 31 and, ride the whole season middle finger everybody at every you know there was a lot of people breaking down the numbers uh some people talked about you know iowa's defense averaged over three points per game scoring themselves last year right um so the iowa offense really only averaged like 14 points per game but it's worse than that it's worse than that think of how ineffective the offense was with the way that the defense set them up and still 14 points per game that the offense scored, I bet it's more relative to like 11 after you factor in the amazing field position the defense gave them repeatedly, the one or two additional first downs that the opponent had to go get to score that didn't happen. So Iowa's offense is – Iowa had, was it 37 drives from the plus 40 or better? 37 possessions from the plus 40 or better, meaning their own 40-yard line, meaning 60 yards to a touchdown and probably 20 to 25 yards to get in the field goal range, realistically. 17 of those 37 they punted. That's horrible. See, I have this theory. I bounced it off of Chris, too. Like Kirk Ferentz has won games in a very specific way. Yes. We've all seen it over the years. 
This kind of screws way. him. The lockbox. This kind of screws him. It does. It does. So they're up 14 points to start the second half. Normally, they, they'd throw on the anaconda. That, I was just going to go to your anaconda reference. Will they? Probably. Or do we need to get Brian some more points? Save probably his job. depends. Probably depends. If it's if it's a more toothless offense that they're playing against, they they might need to put on another touchdown or two. They will do things they have not normally done. And there's a part of me, the observer is like, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. This should they're be getting fun. Getting them this out of there. Wait a yeah. second. Kirk's up three touchdowns and he's passing it late. Hey, welcome to the rest of the freaking world. And, you know, a lot of people were also running stats like Iowa needs to get up to 85th in the country because that was what was average last year for this for points. Per- they don't. This they would don't. be to, for an Iowa fan. Think of it this way. OK, since we're in basketball season. Fran McCaffrey, elite offense, horrific defense. We've seen it time and time again. Right. How do they win games? They score in the 90s. What's the biggest criticism? Oh, they don't defend. Okay. I don't this I would, don't say that. This would be like, all right, Fran, to keep your job, you've got to hold the opponents under X amount like per game. Damn, so what do you dude. do? You start to slow it down on offense, which is the opposite of what you've done to have success to this point. This is the same thing. That's a really, really good take. And I'm kind of uh jealous that I didn't arrive at it. That's a really good take. It, it it could fundamentally, you're right, it could fundamentally change things. I'm just, you know, in your example, I'd want to poke my eyes out. Uh, but in, in the football example, over names, buddy. In, in, in the football example, I'm actually looking forward to more aggressiveness, right? So maybe it moves Iowa to the, you know, moves them to the uh, 90s a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be fascinating. Like like I told Chris, like we can have all the but it, it'll be really good content. The fair yeah, no, you're trackers, right. It, the, it'll be great rings. content. Hey, I'm sure you gotta go, but um what uh what's so Vegas, just you and me in Vegas? Is this what it's gonna be? Uh you and me as far as the talent goes. Matt Van Winkle's gonna come and do production stuff, videos with us. That's more talented than either of us is. I mean, what are you trying to be a douchebag to him? He's uh, behind. The, he makes us look good, man. Production staff. Yes, he's going to okay. be doing production. Right. And a lot of it is going to depend on the NCAA tournament. I'm a little bit effed if Iowa State makes the Sweet 16, which I'm starting to think that they will. But okay. actually, that'll just make it more fun in Vegas because you and me are like, I'm going to be super locked in if that's the case. Well, if they there make is, the sweet- Do you know there's a Sweet 16 in Vegas that weekend? Oh, Jesus. No. I Did didn't. you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, they have the West Regional in Vegas that weekend. I mean, do our friends at Circa have like any connections? Probably, but I don't even know if I want to. I think I, I would rather, rather watch it there in the in sports book. The sports book. What are we talking about? I don't really be... want to go. Yeah, so so you'll be more busy. Hey, maybe I can be your uh, cyclone analyst for that cyclone weekend. We correspondent. Can, John you can Miller. do some cyclone Jesus. content. I'm. Hey, listen, I'm, ladies and gentlemen, this is an amazing sponsorship opportunity. You have the chance. <laughs> to sponsor me as a Cyclone Fanatic correspondent for two potential amazing events in the month of March. One, I will be in Kansas City at the Big 12 tournament. Uh, I will be, be there. hanging out at Kelly's in Westport. Just Absolutely. Let's do rounds. it. You know, here, here's what I'm thinking. I told you about this. What if I put on a disguise, a stash, and a goat? <laughs> 
and I just like got dressed up like a Cyclone fan. This is like where in the world's Carmen San Diego? Where's Waldo? Where's Miller? Okay. I I get dressed up in a Cyclone outfit and I tell people I'm going to do it and I'm going to be somewhere in Westport. And the first person that recognizes me gets to spend the night with you somewhere or something like that. That'd spend be fun. night with me. Yeah, whatever. But um, yeah. but yeah, but and then you can sponsor me, me as your correspondent out in Vegas uh, for when the Cyclones make the Sweet 16. There you go. If the Cyclones would be in Vegas, that would be something. That would be incredible because Circa would be filled up with Iowa State fans, which would right. be awesome. Or what if the Hawkeyes make it? to vegas <laughs> <laughs> it's possible if they make the tournament sorry that was a dick what if they did. both did what if there was some, that would be awesome what if there was some weird bracket that iowa and iowa state somehow could both make it to the sweet 16 in vegas and we just happened to already plan to be there we're getting some comments um simon says keep john the hell away from the cyclones M6WS6 says, John, you have grown on me, but not that much. No, that's fair. That's fair. Well, the ideas sound good, but in actuality, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. (laughs) I do look forward to, we'll have a fun night in Kansas City. I'll I'll be there on Tuesday because we got all the media stuff on Wednesday. Okay, that sounds good. We'll we'll, we'll keep a a light on for you. Maybe Um, a little Gracie can come and join us. Maybe you know what that would be fun. I will see if I can get her to uh, to to venture over. She'd be running around Kelly's Hawks rule clowns drill. That is not how she sounds. My daddy's John Miller, and I hate the Cyclones. That's really She's misogynist. What you're doing? That's what she said. I I'm quoting her. Well, you're quoting three year old Grace. Well, right. Uh, okay. Fair enough. Fair did enough. She say it. Did she, she did. say it? I, 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 I wrote it down, told her what to say. But yes, she did. She did. But no, it'd be fun. I, 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 yeah, it'd be great for I you would to meet love, her. I'd love to hang out with Gracie. You would. You She's would. We'll, a we'll impressive make, we'll young make, woman. Yeah, we'll make it happen. She's incredible. And then, right. um, so yeah, so I'll be there. So you and me in March, it's like st- oh. stepbrothers. I mean, we're basically married. I mean, we, we actually probably need somebody following us around with the camera the whole time. There's going to be a lot of good content. Van Winkle. Happen. That's what we got Van Winkle for. He's creating magic. Yeah. All right. God bless you. See ya. He's John Miller. I'm Chris Williams. Fun show today. Have a great weekend. Go Chiefs. Get your bets in at Circa, and we'll talk to you next week. Later. Iowa everywhere.